Can I tell you a vegan joke? I promise it won't be cheesy. <laughs> Welcome to Consume for Good. I'm Billy. I'm Emily. And this is a podcast about an everyday couple attempting a plant-based keto lifestyle. Before we get into it, if you are looking to change your diet uh, in any way, shape, or form, please consult uh, an expert uh, before going down the path. This is our journey, and we hope that it inspires other people's journeys. This week, we're talking about sort of more the, the pedantics of what we call ourselves. We, as you know, call ourselves plant-based, and to us that is not eating any meat, not eating any um, dairy or eggs, anything that comes from an animal, any animal products we've cut out from our diet completely. Now, a lot of you, I'm sure, are curious why we don't call ourselves vegans, and that's what we wanted this episode to be about. So to start us off, let's talk about the definition of veganism, because I think that's Kind of where we started from. So the definition of veganism is a philosophy and a way of living that seeks to exclude as far as possible and practical all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose. And by extension, promotes the development and use of animal-free alternatives for the benefit of animals, humans, and the environment. In dietary terms, it denotes the practice of dispensing with all products derived wholly or partially from animals. So that's from the vegan society. That's where we kind of thought that's the original one. Mm -hmm. We sort of defined it, and so we wanted to start with theirs. Plant-based has stemmed from this idea of focusing more on just the environmental impact of eating. So it does get a little loose in what you can and can't eat from a standpoint of some people consider themselves plant-based and still do eat some animal products. So I think that, you know, between being vegan and plant-based, there's obviously a little bit of a gray area and plant-based still does, people can consider meat or animal products as a part of that diet. And we wanted to cut that out. But being that said, there are some things that we have had and purchased in the past that were animal products that we haven't quite moved away from uh, because we're still using them because it seems silly just to throw everything out. So that's why we don't really say ourselves call ourselves vegan because we consider it more of an entire lifestyle than just a diet. Yeah, and this might be more our experiences, but veganism seems to be in the people that are really into veganism. It's sort of this all or nothing, very strict way of living. Um, and like you said, we don't eat any meat, any meat products. We don't buy. Last week we were talking about all the ways we've cut out um, other things from our lives for more environmental. So all of our like shower products and things like that are all vegan and cruelty free as well. But like you said, there's things that we have had before, like handbags or shoes or things like that, that it seems to be counterintuitive for the environmental piece to toss those out and buy a vegan version now when we have them and we might as well use mm -hmm. them, wear them out, and then at that point, buy something that is more in line with our, with our beliefs. So for us, I think it feels sometimes a bit hollow or maybe opening to being challenged on being a vegan as such because like we've said it's our experience and it was interesting when we looked at the definition because that's sort of what we found not true in the definition of veganism right yeah because in the definition it does point out that you know it's as far as it is possible and uh, practicable when you're looking when we're looking at the actual definition by the vegan society in, in the uk they're saying it's you know excluded but as far as it's possible and practicable so i think that there is a little bit of gray area just in the definition and you know it we kind of want to look at it from a standpoint of 
if we're going to say we are vegan, then we want to make sure that we are upholding the, the, the standards that have been set. And I mm-hmm. think that we're still working on getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as we move forward, you know, obviously plant-based, we like it because we're all about the environment. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a big crossover between being vegan and the environment at the same time. So it, the values really start to align. We just were kind of converging on that point. We haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. And I think the point of this episode really is to be is kind of point out, like, you know, when we, we want to use the word vegan when we're talking about food, but when we're talking about all other aspects of our life, sometimes that's not quite not quite there yet yeah for sure i also think from our personal experiences that plant-based and the community around that shift in diet and lifestyle um, is much more welcoming to that progression i think like i said before a lot of the community around veganism is this all or nothing you're either 100 dedicated or you're the enemy And for us, we knew that we weren't going to be perfect from day one. We would slip up. There would be things that we wouldn't check. And I, I think for us, or I know for us, that we wanted to be more of a community that is inclusive and understanding of those, those slip ups. Now that's not to say that every vegan is that stereotype vegan. That's not at all um, the case, but I think there has been a lot of people who are quite diligent in being vegan and being very strict with other people, but that's not us. We, any progress is progress to us. And especially with the environmental, just cutting out one or two products or cutting out half of the animal products you'd normally eat makes an environmental impact. It doesn't lessen that by any means. So that's, I think, somewhat of a personal reason that we quite like the plant-based phrasing of the vegan. Throughout the, the history, you know, veganism has been kind of denoted as extreme, and it's it, it's not. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's really a group and collective that is trying to make things better. And, you know, the other side of it that we really are a big advocate for is animal welfare. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we have made sure to not just replace our soap with, eco-friendly products, but to make sure that they're also cruelty-free and mm-hmm. not tested on animals, because I think that that is just as important. You can't say, I don't want to eat meat, you know, and then, you know, go buy lipstick that was tested on an animal. I mean, it is kind of counterproductive at that point. So, you know, I think that moving that into our, as a big part of the products that we are using and going forward with is also very important to us. Yeah. Which again, would put us in that vegan definition of you know all products considering all um all practices that would harm animals so definitely that's what we're striving for we are always pushing ourselves and finding better things to use so that we do more meet that very strict definition of veganism because that's what we would like is that we don't have any animal products we don't use anything that in any way harms animals um as well as the environmental impact but I think we also are understanding that we, <laughs> we're figuring it out. We're not perfect. So I, I do agree. I think we've made a lot of choices, um, particularly with in the U.S. I think it's a lot harder to find lotions, shampoos, things like that, that are cruelty-free as well as eco-friendly. Um, I think there's more and more brands coming out every day, which is fantastic. I know coming from England, there's a lot more brands that are cruelty-free. I mean, majority are cruelty-free. And so it's just finding the, the eco-friendly. But I, I find like that's a lot of our time researching is we find something and we're like, oh, it's perfect. Let's just double check it meets the secondary criteria or third because it is quite a lot of things of 
cruelty-free, eco-friendly, no animal products, I think sometimes it's a bit of a list, right? Yeah, yeah it is. It's definitely making sure you're checking all the boxes to, to, to make sure that you're upholding the standards that I think maybe more impo- we impose on ourselves, but that's also, you know, we're striving for that that better environment, that better world that, you know, that's all encompassing. So mm-hmm. I think that that's good. And I think the other thing, the reason why we try and avoid vegan, it's not just because it's this idea of we have not gotten to what we consider meeting that definition, but it's also, as soon as you say that word, sometimes it has a negative connotation when you're talking to people. And it's unfortunate that it just shuts down an argument really quickly because you know, you get, I, we hear it all the time. I could never do that. I could never give up this. And they're talking about things that have nothing to do with, with the actual, you know, diet and practice. And I think that that's kind of frustrating is, is you get kind of like three or four different opinions, no matter what you say. And it's just a, well, you know, obviously we figured out how to maintain and manage without having animal products as a, as a part of every, every meal and Mm -hmm. everyday life. So I think it's funny when people like, I couldn't do that. Well, I mean, we're an average, we're an everyday couple. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time and we've seemed to figure it out. Yeah, we use some more, some products that are used to mimic as we're making this transition, but our goal is to eventually be a kind of void of those products down the road. Yeah. I also think the plant-based definition doesn't necessarily exclude meat fully or animal products. So plant-based is more, maybe you replace two or three meals a week that normally you would have meat and now you have a plant-based substitute or a plant-based protein instead. So I think what really keeps that conversation going with plant-based, again, it's a phrase some people are unfamiliar with, so you're allowed to define it for them, rather than when you say vegan, they've already made their mind up about it, whether it's too extreme for them or not. Plant-based, you do have a bit of ground Mm -hmm. to explain your reasoning, to explain it, um, how it's maybe different. It's obviously very similar to veganism, but it's easy to explain to people, well, you don't have to give up that one item, you know, maybe because I think that's a big thing as well. A lot of people could give up meat. You know, a lot of people don't eat one particular meat. And so maybe it's one of like, well, you don't eat that one one. So what about one other slowly taking away piece by piece? I think that's more in line with plant-based of that slow progress to then being almost a vegan. And maybe there's one meat product, you know, a lot of people love bacon, or maybe it's milk in your coffee or something that you just can't give up. I mean, then keep that one thing. That's your choice. But if you get rid of all the other things that you sort of feel halfway on, you're not super passionate about, all of those other products, there's less cruelty to animals, there's less meat products, and there's a bigger environmental impact, a positive one, (laughs) a bigger positive environmental impact, while you still get to keep that one piece that you truly do enjoy and brings you happiness. I think that's what I found really nice about plant-based is you get a chance to have a discussion, like you said, rather than that attack of it's extreme and I could never give up everything. They're doing, there's a few studies out there and this is a a smaller, smaller base, but you know, if everybody, every family in the UK were to do just one meal and remove all animal products from that meal, it's the equivalent of removing almost 16 million cars off the road. I mean, that is a huge, that is a huge impact on the, on just everyday life. And you know, you think, you know, it's not just the the output of cars, but it's the quality of air. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have this like very like, cascading effect as you start, you know, slowly doing this. And, and we are big advocates of it's not, doesn't have to be all or nothing, mm-hmm. you know, small steps. And this is, you know, if you were just to change one meal a week, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge improvement, right? And that's mm-hmm. an improvement in the right direction. 
For sure. And I think for us, there's the tied in to all of this, obviously environmental, obviously animal rights, um, but also our own personal health. Um, we want to make sure that we are living our life and, and are able to live as, as best as we can. I think we all know as we get older, life gets harder and a vegan diet, there is some research that it lessens some of those long-term health problems. So for us as well, having one or two less meals with meat, obviously you don't eat meat, but for yourself maybe having one or two less meats, it can be helping with that health. I was fortunate to go to the doctors recently and again, I, um, a lot of our discussion was you know, well, you don't have to, I don't have to ask you about these high risk factors because of your diet. Mm -hmm. And the test results showed the same, that it was all of those factors were in the normal range. And, and it was really nice to have a doctor to discuss that understood the diet. And we're saying, you know, a lot of these red meat or the saturated fats and things like that, we have to talk about lessening them or talk about the long term effects with clients. But because of the diet that you're on and the test results, you know, that's not a concern for us at this point. Obviously, nobody knows what the future holds for, for any of us, and I'm not at all saying we're going to live forever, but, but that is part of us as well, is that we want to be as healthy as possible for the environment and for ourselves, and removing a lot of those inflammatory foods that a meat-based diet does have, um, we've seen the results ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely, it's been a challenge. I mean, mm -hmm. I will say that you do have, there is some effort. It's not an overnight and easy change because you're so used to things. And there's a lot of, I think if we were doing this maybe 15 years ago, I think it would be a lot harder to find products. You know, there's always the the jokes about like tofurkey and, and you know, <laughs> like what do you do at Thanksgiving? And, you know, yeah. just go outside and have some drinks, right? Um, <laughs> but it, I think that, that it's important is, is, you know, there's obviously a big movement and now that it's getting traction, there's a lot more products out there. And, and we hope to discuss more of those things that we've found because, you know, it's nice to have some normalcy within what you eat, still be in the environment, thinking about, you know, animal welfare and having enjoyable food. For sure. And I think that's a good point of holidays with families. That's such a lightning rod of discussions, right? We all know that family holidays can be stressful and everyone has strong opinions about everything when we get to the dinner table. And so your diet definitely could be um, some people's way of diverting from their own choices, possibly, if you are doing plant-based. But there are so many products, like you said, out there. So tofurkey, it doesn't look so different. It looks a bit more like deli meat, really. But you know, that's one that doesn't draw as much attention. It sort of blends in with it, if that's what you're looking for. I know that we've done before, when I was a vegetarian, things like nut roast, which is pastry, which you can easily make yourself, make a vegan version with a sort of nut and fruit filling. Um, and we found quite a few different recipes that are, that are tasty that, I mean, luckily our families are interested in tasting them, and so it's not a big issue, <laughs> but there's lots of different things you could do for those meals and just to kind of skate under the radar because like you said there's so many products now that look like the real thing and that's been a real sort of saving grace <laughs> <laughs> yes. so i think that you know kind of circling everything into one big bubble obviously we try to avoid using the word vegan because we're still we still feel like we haven't checked all those boxes as we're moving forward mm -hmm. and we're getting there uh, we use plant-based because it's a little bit more open to interpretation and it's a great way of opening up the conversation and that's what's important to us. I mean, this, this podcast is all about if you're thinking about it, maybe it seems daunting and we're hoping that, you know, our struggles and through this diet is, is, is something that might help kind of jumpstart that this lifestyle, if that's something that you want to go down. So I think as we progress, you might hear us 
changed based on the definition because we feel that we are you know meeting a new standard so uh, we're excited to get there and start talking about that but we're also excited about as we move forward all these fun little changes that we found and fun recipes that we've come up with and and kind of excited to share that yeah so we'll move on to windfalls and adjustments which i feel like the last few weeks have been pretty um same particularly adjustments um do you have a win you want us to start with I mean, we talked about it last week, just getting able to being able to get back into working out. I think that, you know, once you start getting into working out and then you have to take a week off because you're you're injured, it's like compounds the amount of like, oh, I just want to work out. And then uh, so I think that that um, also we've been experimenting with just different ways. Uh, I think one of the wins we we try to tap uh, a protein pudding. Um, You know, I think doing a protein shake every morning can get a little boring and, and routine. So we're experimenting with different ways that we can still get that nutrition, get that protein powder and those things, but maybe in just a little bit different vessel to make it more interesting. So I think that we did the, the chia pudding, protein pudding, which mm-hmm. we'll put a, a recipe up. It's super, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's um, and, uh, and that, so I, I definitely think that that would probably be one of the biggest wins is just finding those little things that make the routine a little bit less routine, I guess you would yeah. say. Yeah, and I think that's shown in in the scales. We've dropped down a bit, a little bit this week as well, and that's I think because it's not that same same routine, and we're kind of stagnant mentally and with the weight loss. Whereas I feel like we saw the shift this week of trying new things that fit within the macros. I think from a fail standpoint, I think one of the things that we have not done a great job of is we're working out, we're doing all these things, we've changed our diet. You know, obviously we're in kind of a stressful time we haven't found way better ways of de-stressing within everything that's going on in, in just our, you know, our lives and in the world as we speak. Uh, so I think that that has for the last few weeks, I think has maybe been what I would consider a fail, but we've, we have also acknowledged that that's something that we have not been doing good at. So we're looking mm-hmm. at different avenues to, you know, meditation or, you know, like we've been using the Calm app to help sleep at night. So I think it's identifying that and then finding ways to help, you know, bridge that de-stress to kind of make life a little bit less stressful and in, in everything that's going on. Yeah, I think we need to add a few more things into our routine that are not like work, food or workouts, right? Yeah. <laughs> and right now our schedule is as long as I get up for work on time and as long as we're eating at sort of normal times and then we're getting our work in out. That's what dictates our schedule. There's no sort of self-care built into our routine yet. So that might be a good way throughout the day. Like you said, in the evenings, we kind of have that routine to help us sleep better. But during the day, mm-hmm. um, we're not quite as conscientious. So I agree. I think that's somewhere we could be improving on. Yeah. And as for adjustments, we're kind of trying out these new macros long term. So we're going to give it one more week and then we're going to kind of report back and see how, how effective they were. We'll have a, a month worth of tracking on them, which will be good. And we can really see if there was good progress or not quite as, as good progress. So that's pretty exciting. Next week, I'm, I'm actually, as we talk about routines, I think that we really want to kind of talk talk through our daily, our daily routine. I mean, it's not just wake up, work, work out, go to bed. You know, there's a lot of things that you kind of have to think about and manage in between. And what's important is, is how are we approaching it now versus how we're going to have to readjust once we all are back in the office with everything that's going on. I thought that that would be a really fun topic to what's our routine? How do we eat? How do we stage our meals? I think it's a, it'll be a fun, fun discussion. Yeah. I'm excited to talk through it. I think it's one that we, like we just said, we can add a few extra things. So maybe 
after hearing it, you guys might have some suggestions of things we're missing in our routine too. Yeah, so join us next week for that discussion. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on all the socials. You can find us at Consume for Good. Uh, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week.